Hey guys, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, DrainPour. Mike, did you hear that the Wall Street Journal suggested saving money by skipping out and buying breakfast stouts? No, man, I didn't hear that. Well, it's a true story. I read all about it on their new go-to site for craft beer-related news. That is DrainPour. They were the first to report that brewing jobs are in danger of being replaced by artificial intelligence, which a week later turned out to be true. And... Um, DrainPour is a brand new uh, website, brand new Instagram follow. Um, they report only on the serious news in the craft beer industry. Um, I heard this from an, uh, my old bottle share buddy. I met him online um, at a beer release, and he, he kind of sent me the link. So visit DrainPour.beer, DrainPour.beer to stay up to date on the latest happenings in the craft beer community or follow them on Instagram at DrainPourBeer. Very informative. Very sophisticated. That is drain poor beer. Hi guys, this is Rachel Pizzolato, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> but our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic, which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, everybody. Hello. I hope everyone is is back from the bowling alley over the last week because they felt so inspired by Kyle Troop and um, our, our great episode with him. If you if you tuned in last week, but welcome to the show, Mike. Hello. How are you? How you been working on that uh, seven ten split? I have not, Scott. Uh, it's kind of the toughest bowling move that can be done. But you know what? I just remembered. I, I should have shared this podcast with our my buddy Second Arrow, who screamed at me for oh a wrestling God. comment. That's right. Let's let's dive back into that for for a minute. Um, this was I don't know three years ago, maybe something like that. Yeah, let's let's dive into that that for a second here. Welcome, our, we'll, we'll welcome our guests our, to the show here with the a little feud, a little beef you had a couple years back. I don't even think it was few. Maybe last year, maybe even less than that. Really? That's uh, it? I don't know, dude. Podcasting with you seems like eternal. It, it seems like forever. It's like the multiverse, man. Like it just see. I don't know if it happened today, yesterday, nine years ago. Yeah. So uh, I was telling Scott on a previous episode. Uh, I was watching a YouTube video about um, wrestling. And they talked about um, different wrestlers who use their clout or backstage uh, kind of uh, grotto, if you will, to change the results of what was supposed to be scheduled matches. So this video went through a bunch of different ones. They had 10 of them. And I put in the comment section, hey, I could have sworn this was an example, which was... uh, Bill Goldberg, the the famous WCW wrestler, won the world title in the WWF recently, and I always heard there was a rumor that 
he used some clout to basically win the title and go on. And he headlined like WrestleMania, the COVID one, and nobody cared about. Awesome. Quick question. Like, if you're a wrestler and you have clout, why the <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you use it absolutely <laughs> to to be like okay I'm going to get paid and and win things and be the center of attention like I feel like I would use my clout automatically yeah I mean I guess some <laughs> of them are like nice where it's like sometimes okay I'll put over Jimmy wrestler guy you know I would not be nice if I had clout I would just be like okay this is a this could be a very short career. Due to the, you know, like, just give me that clout right now. Let me clout it up. Give me the belt. <laughs> They're like, all right, Scott, you're going to lose tonight. You just go into your pocket, put take out a piece of paper, has a magic mar- marker, clout. Yeah, and no. you're like, nope. That'd be a good nope. gimmick, Scotty Clout. Just, you know, like, <laughs> every time you're about to get pinned, like, you're just like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, you just go against everything. Not going to happen. Nope. Not gonna happen. All right, so... I watched this video, and this video is probably, at the time, eight months old, as is when I watched it. Another three months go by, and I noticed uh, I got an alert on uh, YouTube, and it's like, oh, this person's second arrow commented on uh, your comment. I'm like, oh, okay. And this guy just (laughs) is insanely mad stating that is not true you know it's not a fact that didn't happen it's been proven blah 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 blah. but he went on for like a paragraph on how wrong i was on this comment what i'm most shocked about here is that somebody on the internet was mad outraged i know it's usually a place of harmony and getting along and building each other up and pulling each other from the bootstraps and you know really uh you know helping each other out yeah when al gore invented this thing he said all right we're all gonna be cool on this okay yeah this system bad stuff this system of tubes is gonna be a friendly friendly place yeah i'm looking at you general i'm not gonna take any crap on my internet okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be friendly so tell us about the second arrow yeah so he went off on a tangent and I kind of fly. I'm like, well, you know, I don't, all right. I thought this is what this is what I heard, and that's why I said what I said. And no, you know, I kind of said like, okay, if I'm wrong, no big deal. <laughs> then, like five minutes later, he has another reply, and he's like, well, you didn't look into the facts, and this is why you're saying these stupid things, and blah. And he goes on like another rant, and I'm just like, my God. Is your life built around Bill Goldberg? Where you're scouring <laughs> the internet for Bill Goldberg comments? This, this is this is the best guy. image in my head. Two like two two middle aged men just arguing over Bill Goldberg in their free time <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> Not when he's like Bill Goldberg. Like this is like when you're like, oh, remember the dude who was in Santa's sleigh? That guy or the guy who who's now the gym teacher in the Goldbergs, that guy. But um, so I just like, dude, calm down. And then he went on another rant (laughs) and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I click on his profile and what he does on the side is he does bowling ball reviews and he (laughs) records local bowling tournaments in like some small 
city in Michigan. So this is what my life has come to. I am affected by bowling ball gym over in Michigan. Yeah, and he he got you a little heated too. Like he he actually uh, he he did the job he intended to on getting a mysterious man on a Bill Goldberg YouTube page uh, fired up. Yeah, I mean, I literally didn't care if I was right or wrong. I just heard this was what I, happened. I hope like, you at the end. I'm like, shut up, Bill Goldberg is an dick and he uses his cloud and that's what he did i uh i hope that you update the listeners since you told this story whatever year or two ago or whatever we want to say it was that you and second arrow have been just beefing like sending letters to each other's house uh you've been shitting on all his bowling ball reviews <laughs> uh, scott uh, I gotta come clean here, and I'll remember when I said I went to like Disneyland and I did Sky Falconry yes. and all that stuff. Well, like, I sent my wife to LA. I actually went into Michigan to scout out Second Arrow. Yeah, because if, if this beef goes any further, you know, let's just say the streets of Michigan aren't going to be safe for that <laughs> Second Arrow. I still think there's room for a competitor's page, Burlu's Bowling Balls. Um, where you just talk out of your ass, you just get a ball, and you're like, yeah, this is a lane ball. Uh, <laughs> it is six pounds, it is pink, and it has had many fingers in it. Let's see if I can hit a strike. The best thing about this ball is it's two sizes smaller than my fingers, so it just rolls out of my hand easier. Yeah. That's the way bowling works. And let's talk about the great lane shoes here in Michigan. <laughs> Bowling has a bowling definitely has an interesting crowd. Like no matter what bowling alley, you could always pick out the people who are like serious. You could pick out the drunks who are in the adult league, and then there's always like the kids launching balls, you know, backwards between their legs, uh, fouling every time. There's always like certain sections of the bowling alley, no matter when you go. Who is worse in the bowling alley? The person who figures they have to throw the ball 100 miles an hour right next to you or the person who shows up at, like, a bowling tournament and is way too serious about the game? I'm thinking um, number two. Um, mm. I've been the guy that, like, I, I tend to throw the bowling ball probably too hard because, I don't know, like, my ball has no curve on it, so I feel like I'm just overcompensating by it. If I hit it hard and straight, it'll get the rest of the pins. Um, but the guy who comes with the – he comes with the six balls. <laughs> you know, he's got multiple pairs of shoes. He's got the, the chalk. <laughs> he's got the different gloves on. Uh, yeah. He's the one screaming, foul, foul. Yeah, yeah. Foot was on the line. I don't care if he threw a strike. Foul. Yeah, and if he's showing up to, like, family night or whatever, like, Friday night open bowling, you're like, okay, and he's, like, hitting strike after strike. He's got a handicap. He's got, like, a, an official name in the system. It's like, dude, you got to wait for, like, league night or, or or something like that. And he gets, like, pissed off at your wife because you your bowling team is, like, trailing the other side. And uh, What's wrong with you? Yeah. What, and color ball? Then there's always the, the bowler's courtesy or whatever it is where you're – you know, you're not supposed to bowl at the same time, and you're like, you go. No, 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 you go. No, it's it's like being at a four-way stop. Like, I'm like, no, 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 you go. Like, I'm always the guy like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been bowling in, a, in an incredibly long time. Last time I remember just being like, oh, my God, bowling got expensive. Like, bowling – like, another thing. Why haven't bowling shoes 
evolved at all? Why do they still look like that? Like, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're still that same the kids into this. You got to have some fashion to it. Yeah. Like put that neon the kids are into. Like there's no Nike bowling shoes like that are like sleek. Like you could just wear them on the street and then go right on the alley. Like there's still those stupid <laughs> maroon, green, and like tannish canvas color with the Velcro strap. They still spray that weird spray as if it's going to uh, just get rid of any <laughs> foot germs left behind. Um, yeah, they, they, I mean, they should have great brands, and I'll somebody be like, "Yo, are those Lane Jordans?" Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The b- bowling has not really evolved for the common man. Now, I'm sure if we went back and asked Kyle, he probably there's probably all sorts of great stuff out there. But for the common man who shows up at the lane and still go find your ball, it's always going to be like orange, pink. <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta you gotta figure it out. You gotta get the weird shoes and. Why are the computers all like the same old, <laughs> like hit the button a bunch of times, all of a sudden your name is Scott with 12 T's and you're like, screw it, it took me this long to enter it, I'm, I'm keeping it, you know? The same yeah. crappy logos, like X and the little like, <laughs> you know, on the, the screen. An- the animations and all where the ball, the pins are running from the ball. Oh my God, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, spare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, so I'm glad your beef is still alive and well, and uh, you and you and Second Arrow. Second Arrow, if you're listening, um, you have an open invitation, uh, open invitation to come on the cast and really air this out with uh, Mikey Third Arrow Burlu, who um, is he's about to crush the bowling ball review game. I will tell you that. I've seen some of the videos; they're unbelievable. Yeah, I'm gonna like pick up a ball, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a dull ball right here it, it looks like the bald head of bill goldberg that's what i think <laughs> yeah yeah uh, clout gold i mean bill goldberg yeah all right let's let's jump into something here um so we gave him a little little game or or, or bit today um Ooh. i was thinking mike we've been we've been doing this for nine years together i think we know you know just about everything about each other, you know. It's, uh, we've been through embarrassing stories, funny stories, day-to-day things. Uh, we've been through ups and downs in each other's lives. and um, But I'm curious if I was thinking, what, like, if we didn't know certain things about each other, um, would you be able, like, if they were a certain level of thing, would you be able to forgive me and keep the cast going and, and you know, be friends still? Or would you have to forget me? Would you have to be like, I don't know, man, like, I can't, I can't continue doing this with this guy because I know mm-hmm. these things. So I also asked you, so we're each going to come up with five things that if you found out about the other person, how would you react? Okay. Uh, Mike, would you like to go first? Sure. I'll okay. Go first. Guy. All right. Give it okay. to me. Okay. Here is the scenario. I become friends with your ex-wife on social media. Mm-hmm. I show no signs of having any special relationship with her. No extra messaging, extra commenting, nothing special than most other Facebook friends you never met. Okay. But I friended her. And you found out without me telling you. Forget me or forgive me. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, so my questions are: Am I? Yeah, you have become friends post 
uh, post our divorce and separation. Yeah. So okay, so they you weren't previous friends and just stayed that way because yeah, it's basically what set up gave me the idea for the first one. As I was going through Instagram, they're like people you may know, mm-hmm. and literally your ex. Oh, nice. Up like, yeah. So was she uh, blowing another dude in her picture? I mean, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, no, she wasn't blowing balloons, Scott. That'd be a weird Instagram. I because um, because the reason I asked that because like I see on Facebook like um, people would still be friends with her, and I don't blame them because I don't ever I I can count on. I can count less than 10 people I've like unfriended over the years, but I've, you know, I've so many I've ignored and there's people that come up and I'm like, I don't even know who this person is. Like every once in a while, I'll be like, I have no idea who this guy is. Um, I, I think I'd forgive you, Mike. I, I don't find myself that petty over that. Now, maybe if this was like a month after all this went down i'd be like okay what the hell is that man like mm-hmm. um but as the years go by i don't know i've i've forgiven myself i've not i can't say i've forgiven her but i i don't let it bother me anymore and that took a long time to to kind of work through and not get angry about but i would i would maybe question you obviously like i would be like okay well that's a little strange but then at the same time, I might be like, yeah, what the hell is she up to? Like, like I'd be like, is, is she dead? You know, is she um, – because I have – you know, it took a while, but I had finally cut her off from every single possible communication, email, phone, uh, anything, because it just caused arguments. It caused me to get mad and, and, and it just – it would enter my relationship, which just made no sense. But I, I think I'd be able to move on from that, Mike. I'd be able to forgive you. Oh. Thank you, I don't think that's... uh, Yeah, it's a little questionable. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, Mike, what's your your motive here? But, you know, sometimes curiosity kills... You know, it it comes. All right. Mike, I... um, I was involved in a murder. Um, I was acquitted. Okay. I was acquitted of jail time. um, Any anything uh but i definitely killed somebody okay like i had killed someone in my past with my hands um maybe it was a a altercation where we got in a fight and i ended up killing somebody um how are you feeling about this i was acquitted i was not found guilty of pure murder but i did murder someone so one of those not guilty via self-defense is that what you're yeah going yeah for? or yeah exactly a, a fight gone wrong um an altercation gone wrong self-defense something like that i feel i could forgive you okay in this situation and i mean let's say the caveat not being like Oh, self-defense against my dad. <laughs> That'd be awkward. I'd be like, get over here, you. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I mean, things happen. If if it's literally a guy, he in the moment, you had to defend yourself, and that occurred, it, it's a part of life. It's, if it's that person or you, and you had to take them down, I would totally understand it. And, yeah. 
kind of be by your side and all. <laughs> would, I, I, would you tread lightly on the podcast by like making me angry? <laughs> I would probably stay here in Georgia while we do any kind of conversation. And maybe like secretly yeah. go to like Louisiana, where if like I piss you off, you're just like roaming the streets of Georgia looking for me. <laughs> yeah, it would certainly would, – would you bring it up? That would be another interesting – like – you know, like, I mean, knowing this podcast, yeah. it would have to come up at some point. Yeah, I feel like we would have to talk about murder quite often. Um, yeah. I feel like every 50 episodes, we'd be like, well, we got to fill the listeners in on Scott's murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You All know, right. as we tell overtaking Rogan here, I, I guess we should really come clean about that murder thing, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like it. Okay. All right. Scenario number two. I confess that I caused a dent or scratch in one of your favorite vehicles that you sold. It was a vehicle that you loved, and it drove you nuts seeing the blemish on the vehicle, wondering how it happened. Okay. I only confess it after the vehicle has been sold off weeks later and you have a new vehicle. Um, I could 100% forgive you. Um. I, you know, listen, I, I'm not a big vehicle guy. Like, I mean, I finally got the car I really love, which is a Jeep Gladiator, if anyone's wondering. Um, and it got hit recently. Um, there's a big hole in the one runner. And I'm kind of like, you know, I asked uh, the people, because I was staying over a friend's house one night on a work party and, and, and was going to drive home. The No, no, no. I went home and Ubered back to get my car. Um and it was there. And then I had even asked them, like, I was like, did any of you hit my car? <laughs> you know, I still have a suspicion. It might be the one guy that, um, <laughs> you know, his his truck, like the way, it, where the uh, tow hitch on his truck lines up perfectly where I got hit. And the guy's driveway is really like a steep hill and kind of hard to navigate out of. But anyway, um, I'm not a, like, I'll drive around with a dent in my car. I'm not like crazy, like, uh, it's my Maserati, you know, like, don't put your hands on it. Um, and I could see a scenario, Mike, where if I hit your car, I I would feel very you know, sometimes maybe tempted to, to not cause confrontation. You're kind of similar to me with that, where like maybe like a, the confrontation is not worth it. And I would make a mistake and kind of hide it. Like I'm not hiding it on purpose, but I didn't want to have a confrontation with you. And if you told me, I don't even know if I'd be that mad. As long as it was enough time and you were like, yeah, yeah. You remember that dent in your car? And, mm. and, even, and if you presented it in a humorous way, like on the show, I might even laugh about it. So I'm going to forgive you on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're three for three so far. Yeah. Buddies to the end. Buddies to the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> I attended the January 6th Capitol riots. Um, just, but I claim just for the experience. So I went, I was, <laughs> I was in the riot. I was by the Buffalo guy. If you look at the CNN footage, I might be <laughs> roaming around in the background, you know. But I just said I did it for the experience. And that's all you know from my end of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I could totally <laughs> forgive you for that. I mean, I think of, 
like if you just like, yeah i was there and like the way you're presenting it yeah. like if you tried to say no i tried to save america maybe i'm sitting back going Ugh, i don't know about this but if you, you're just like like if you went to like the trump rally and you're like laughing and all and you'd like see everybody like going i'm like gee i wonder where this is going yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like Oh dang! Yeah, you, I gotta see where this ends. You see some shitty iPhone footage from someone, and I'm just screaming like "Freedom now! Freedom now!" You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're doing it just for the experience, I'm probably laughing my <laughs> rear end off and like making you tell that story over and over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, that's good. Yeah, I mean. I feel like if I said I went with the sole purpose of taking over the capital, it would be an easy no. So I wanted to make all these kind of on the borderline. Like, how do we how do we go from here? You know? Okay. Yep. For forgiveness. We're, we're very forgiving people at the moment. Okay. You asked me to watch your son while you go out for the night. Oh, God. For the next few nights, you notice the kid is having terrible trouble sleeping and asking to stay with you. In talking with your child, you find out we were watching horror movies while you were away. When you question me, I point out that your kids said they wanted to watch it and they were brave. But clearly, they were not as they go on for a week with little to no sleep. Hmm. This is a little bit of a tougher conundrum because... Mm -hmm. I got to say, you have to know better than this. Like, you, you have to. And I... I have to be like, who am I dealing with here? Like, what psychopath is showing? I don't know. The Exorcist to a to a three year old, <laughs> you know? Like, um, and this is, you know, we all remember that movie when we were little that freaked us out that we probably saw a little too before we were supposed to see it. You know, like there's something that sticks in your head, even like. <clears throat> Even that E.T. scene, man, where he's all white in the spaceman and, you know, um, the, like that freaked me out as a kid. And that's not even a horror movie. So I, I'm picturing you showing him like, you know, the cruci- that's my buddy Freddy Krueger. Yeah, the man. crucifix scene in The Exorcist. And you're like, well, go to sleep, kid. You know, like, uh, yeah. oof. I, I, I mean, I can't come away with this thinking you're all there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would certainly never watch my kid again. Aww. Um, oof. I gotta say, Mike, I think I'd still forgive you somehow. I, I mm. as much as I want to say, like, I think, I think we joke about it at some point, but I would definitely be severely pissed off. <laughs> like, I would, I would probably. Like this is not a situation where there would be no words, and I would like, huh? Thanks, man. I'll see you, see you next week on the cat. This would be a little like, you would get a tongue lashing from me, and I would be like, what the fuck? Like I, I would be like, what is wrong with you? Um, but I think long term, I could forgive you for it. Okay, I, I could see maybe you messed up and you thought it'd be kind of funny, and you're being like cool, Uncle Mike, <laughs> too too early. You're being cool, Uncle yeah. Mike, too early in this child's development, but I I think I can get past it. All right. I so think we I bruised can. the apple, but the apple's still edible. I got yeah, you. Yeah, it's going to be something I bring up weekly on the podcast. Hey, remember that time you showed my kid uh, <laughs> Hellraiser? 
instead of. You asked me about religion. What did you want me to do? Instead of Blippy or uh, <laughs> I don't know, Elmo. Okay, okay. I ran a high-profile dogfighting ring for three years in my past. I ran a high-profile dogfighting ring. Now, are you what you are now? Like, you have Obi and you love him and those things are in the past? Yeah, I'm, I'm me now. I'm me. <sighs> I reveal it here. I reveal it today on the podcast. i like, look, I got to come clean. Yeah. No. Dogfighting. Go back a while, you know? Yeah, yeah. So how are we feeling about this? It's going to set on my stomach a bit because I'm very... <laughs> Kind of against it's sure. I think it's in the same realm as joking Michael Vick, where like I see him on the the Fox pre-show, and there's a part of me that's like, okay, he paid his dues and he's done, and he he you know he adds to the sport and whatever. But at the same time, like you watch those videos of them, and you're like, yeah. my God, that's disgusting, and all what they do, they. Literally having bait animals that get devoured, not even a chance to fight. Um, could you carry on with me? I feel I could go on if you are as you are, you change your weight, you're not slipping back. Where you're like, you're not telling me, Micah, saw a poodle last night, and yeah. I'm like, that'd be a good fight. What if I revealed I, to you that? Obi was the grand champion years ago, <laughs> and I just hung on to him. Are fine because he probably just sat on them, had it out. Um, I, I would forgive you. I would have a pen in my stomach. I'd probably avoid telling certain people, like my wife, what you did in the past. Yeah, you, you might be unforgivable to others in my life. But it's one of those, like, you. I'm not going to say, hey, can you watch Cali? <laughs> no, what if I'm like, I was like, can I have the three? I, I want to watch the three of them. Uh, which one? Who do you feel is the strongest by, by you know, just, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> hmm. That's actually a good question. No. <laughs> probably say Leia because she's the. The stockiest Mike, please don't way. start a Burlo dog fighting uh, no, federation. I love these three. Yep, <laughs> I love these three. So, all right, you could forgive yeah, me. Wow, I'll forgive you, but there'll be limitations in certain things. I'm surprised by that one. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> you're on a fence on the fence about investing money in a company. In a general conversation. I tell you how I think it is a stupid idea and flaws risking money for the hell of it. So you on the fence choose to just play it safe and listen to me. The company in a few months takes off and you miss out on a golden opportunity to get in on the ground floor and make millions of dollars. Okay. Hmm. Forgive or forget. So you're, you, you got the money. No, okay. you, you're going to invest. You're just generally saying, I'm thinking about doing this. And me in general conversation, not even like pure knowledge of the situation, just be like, that's stupid. What are you doing? Putting your money into this and all. Bitcoin will never take so, off. So you convinced, me, you convinced me out of investing, basically. Yeah, without any like real knowledge, just general, dude, what are you doing? Don't do that. And you're like, all right, maybe it's a stupid idea. And then it just rocket ships. 
I forgive you. I forgive you in two seconds. I don't think it's your fault. I, you know, I think that's you being like cautious with money. Don't don't waste your money, man. Like, you know, these things never work out because we. How many times that we we always hear of, you got to get in now. It's going to be, and then a lot of these things fail. I think in casual conversation, like a lot of people doubt other people when they're, you know, I'm going to put my money in this. I'm starting this business. I'm doing this uh, by exactly by Bitcoin, by Dogecoin, whatever. Uh, I'd forgive you in two seconds on this one. Like in the end, it was my decision what to do with my money. Um, that would be on me. Like, okay, like I missed the boat. Yeah, Mike didn't help. <laughs> he didn't help me become a, like what would be even worse is if you, I find out that you invested in that. I thought about yeah. adding that caveat <laughs> to it. <laughs> now that's... Well, you were very convincing. That, that, you I know, fair $10. I sign on the podcast next week and you got like, your your hairs and cornrows. You got like a you got like a diamond plated grill, and you're like, yeah, life is good, man. Like, uh, yeah, I got that money, and I'm like, wow, like what happened? And you tell me that it was the company. I, then I don't know if I for, forgive you on that one, mm-hmm. especially since it was like my lead, and I yeah. you talked me out. Yeah. So on the first caveat, yes, I could forgive you. The second one. I don't know, man. I don't know. Millionaire Mike and broke ass Scott doesn't doesn't quite work that great. That'll be the new podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, all right. I worked as a co-pilot, chauffeuring billionaires to Epstein Island. (laughs) I was working. I don't know. In my past life, I was a pilot or a co-pilot, or and I was. You know, on the weekends, flying, I don't know, Clinton, Gates, Trump, whoever, down to old Epstein Island there on their exotic vacations, if you will. Might I just say, I think I really lowball my choices versus your choices. Because I'm just like, oh, I said your wife's dress is ugly. You're like, oh, yeah. By the way, I murder children. <laughs> Hey, I was just a pilot, man. I was just I, I didn't partake in Epstein Island. I worked on the airline <laughs> airline. I would <laughs> de- I w- this is the best way I can answer. I would continue the relationship. I'd have a lot of question marks and probably be trying to figure out how much you knew as the pilot. Like if you were literally Dude, I was getting paid to drop off people on an island. I take off reliability. I don't know what's going on over there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stuff happens. We all got caught up in stuff. We were on a bad <laughs> podcast before this. So yeah. Yeah. We, we all make mistakes. But if it's like, uh, you know, Scott, um, I saw this picture over there. <laughs> you and Epstein with thumbs up and a bunch of children in a hole. <laughs> ah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we we were just playing around. I brought the kid around and took off. You know, it was kid's day. I didn't know. So you'd really kind of have to grill me on what I knew. Yeah. Yeah. You have a very asterisk, I forgive you. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Forgive for chauffeuring the billionaires. Yeah. yeah, That's great. I will continue, but if I find out something, (laughs) I am out immediately. Wow, we are pretty forgiving people here. We are pretty, yeah. and yeah, maybe I shot a little high on some of these, but uh, yeah. All right, Mike, we are 
we are very forgiving souls, I see. It'd be amazing to podcast with a guy who had a dog ring, a dog fighting ring. He chauffeured at Epstein Island. Um, but um, I'm glad we're and still getting. Like we're telling still, everybody, if you think I'm bad, burn Lieutenant in my car. Yeah. Back, and he didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, you come off pretty clean in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, these are cute scenarios. This is going to be a fun bit. And no, you're a murderer. What the? <laughs> All right, Mike, give me the last one here. All right. You start walking up to the stage for a comedy event. Okay. As you are introducing yourself, you notice that the crowd is chuckling underneath their breath, even though, even before you get into your jokes, you come to the realization that you have a stain on the back of your pants that makes it look like you soiled your pants. As you come down from your set, you see me trying to hold in the laughter. <laughs> you realize I saw the stain before you went up. Had nothing to do with it, but did not give you a heads up where you may have been able to hide it. Oh, I'm forgiving you, buddy. I, you know, like <laughs> that's okay. That's comedy. Aww, that's comedy. Who my Epstein pilot. Look <laughs> that, at you. That's comedy gold, man. In fact, if you did that to me, like you put a stain on my pants, and I went, I would think that's absolutely hysterical. After I'd be like, why was I bo- like? Why were they giggling? You know, like and they're like, oh, you got me. And I would just plan for the when you went up, like the next time, like I would be totally okay with that i would probably not be happy when i came off the stage for five minutes but i'd be like oh you really you you got me good man you got like listen i i might do better with the state on my pants and that might become my gimmick <laughs> yo scotty stains you turn to your back oh you know scotty stains is in town this week oh my god you know like he does the stain thing <laughs> it might be my burt kreischer without a shirt moment for me you know like i and then every time i gotta go up with stains on my pants but oh buddy you're, you're totally forgiven for that one oh five for five i'm a good boy in fact in fact i'd almost appreciate it if he didn't tell me because if it was two minutes before I went on stage and I'm all of a sudden I'm freaking out about the stain on my pants, I'm like, I'm not going to do well on stage no matter what. So mm. I, afterwards, if you're like, yeah, man, you had you, you had a little yeah, a little poopy on your pants. It looks like Dookie back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, last one. Let's see for ten for ten in forgiveness here. All right, I'm a comic. Mike, you're you're getting. I don't forgive you. You're getting. You're, no one does. Um, you're getting back into comedy. Oh. I take I take you under my wing. You know, mm. I take you to all these shows. I tell you, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a guest spot. You have to drive. Mm-hmm. You'll have to drive. It might be a two hour drive, but you're gonna get like five minutes on the show, right? We become friends. I bring you on. I bring you on my new podcast. I bring you. On my, it's gonna be the biggest podcast in. In uh, you know, people in Chicago are gonna are going to love it. Okay, oh. then um, you know, I uh, one day I come come down with a quote unquote health condition, and uh, I can't pay for it. I'm uh, I'm broke at the moment, and mm-hmm. you know what I, I I say to you, I have fluid around my lungs that I need. The fat needs to get sucked out, huh. okay. and um. I ask you, Mike, I need like $6,000. Yeah. Okay. 
and you're like anything anything man like look i have it i could i could lend it to you just make sure you pay me back next time you see me you know i get some bruising around my nose maybe a little bruising around my upper lip and but i got a great nose all of a sudden i got a great yeah a great upper lip and uh face looks younger i look more virile it turns out i just had some work done on my face okay Mm. um time goes by um i never pay you back at all and in fact i kind of like disconnect with you and never really talk to you again Mm. i mean you're a good writer because that was a very (laughs) elaborate story uh like what do you mean i came up with that all by myself I know. That's why I'm saying you're an amazing writer because that was so detailed to the T that there's no way this could have any relevance in real life. Are you saying this couldn't be true? This Someone couldn't do this to another human being? Hypothetically, maybe there's a story out there somewhat similar to that situation maybe <laughs> yeah yeah so, so could you forgive me or, or would you forget me here um if i thought about that hypothetical situation i think at first i would probably say something to the line like i would tell everybody oh scott's going through a thing i can't really tell you about it whatsoever now i'll say a, a third comedian came in and told myself that um hey heads up i know you probably got fed this story but it's something completely different i may do something like go nuts on facebook and tell every comedian i know how horrible that you are in that situation so you wouldn't keep it to yourself and in fact as many people tell me to keep it to myself i just triple up and scream it more. Just put it out like, into the world. Yeah, for like two years mm-hmm. minimum. So, are you forgiving me here? Or are you just completely forgetting me? Um, Could we go on? I mean, I, I lived with the the island pilot thing. I yeah, I lived with the murders, but but taking my money for your own. Plastic surgery, and not and, and telling you something else, and telling you something. Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. That might be the straw that broke the camel's back, right there. And all. <clears throat> like the only thing would be worse if uh, if you did something to somebody who say became my future wife. Ah, I mean that's very hypothetical. Throwing it out, very hypothetical, but, very very uh, hypothetical. But also, like let's let's stop speaking in code on the first thing. That is. Um, my scenario was something that actually happened with comics that we worked with back in the day. So uh, there was a man who took somebody's money for plastic surgery and said it was a life-saving event that he needed money to pay for and then never paid the guy back. And as I recall, as like all the story got out, there was a Sunday sketch show where a bunch of us were supposed to show up for, which we didn't where that said comedian proclaimed to everybody they let me down they all let me down they let me down they let me down well mike i didn't think i was getting forgiven on that one i i didn't i didn't think i was going to get forgiven uh, but i think we uh 
I think we both have some similarities here where we 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 forgive a lot. We we can take a lot and kind of move on from it. But it would be funny after I tell you about dog fighting and then the next week we're interviewing the uh the mayor the dog who is a mayor of a town in Colorado, which may happen. That might get a little awkward. Yeah, yeah. Questions there. But anyway, I know this bit ran a little long. Yeah, but this bit ran a little long. But uh, let's let's get to our guest here. Let's get to our guest, and maybe we'll end the show with our guest uh, because we've been talking your ears off for for too long. So, Mike, who we got? Uh, Scott, tonight we are going to be talking with Rachel Pizzolatto. She is an inventor. She is huge on TikTok. She has over 2.3 follower million followers on there, not just 2.3. 2.3. That's actually. that's what we have. That's what we have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's verbal shenanigans. <laughs> that that one third of a person is he's our best fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a scientist. You probably know her from her time on MythBusters Jr. being right uh, by the side of Adam Savage. Uh, but we're going to be talking to her about all that she does, her TikToks, being a guest jeans model. She has got quite a schedule, and somehow she said, yeah, I'll give my free time to verbal shenanigans. So let's appreciate her as we talk to her tonight. Let's get Rachel on the line. Hey, Rachel. Hi. Rachel, what's up? the much. You know, a lot of plaques behind you. Oh, this is my brother's room. Oh. <laughs> but, um, I turn, I know, right? But I turned my I turned my room into a trophy room. So, so that's, you're saying yeah. your room is so full of trophies that you have to use your brother's plaque room to do an interview. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's a good problem. Oh, no, I just got problem. another magazine cover. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this podcast in your room. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's he's at college right now, so I'm like, I kicked him out. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for giving us some time here. Of course. I, I guess with everything I've seen here, inventor, scientist, mythbuster, model, uh, gymnast, um, what's a day off for you out of curiosity? Um, Jeez. So I guess today was a day off. I had to build some stuff today, but like it wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't know. There's no deadline. So um, I'm doing the secret knock um, in San Diego. So I had to build like a demonstration of science experiments. So I built like a, the, um, you know, the bowling ball experiment where like you put your nose here. And then yeah, yeah. So I had to build that. I had to build like stand and rope and bowling ball and stuff. No, no, for. All the all the layman's not like me and Mike. We know exactly what you're talking about. But uh, what is the secret knock? <laughs> so I don't even know how to explain it. The secret. I mean, knock we know, we like, know exactly what yeah. it is. But you should explain yeah. it for the listeners. How do I explain? It? <laughs> uh, do you have a better definition? It's like a um, a place where the best of the best go to just you know share their secrets and. Um, you know how they got there and inspire others i guess you'd say okay like a convention of some sort like a convention okay. of some sort yeah a gathering of people who are here yeah so you you know you i look at your resume or whatever all the things you're into i'm curious what your obviously you had a strong science background and whatnot but was it was it always that way like were your interests always kind of in yeah. all different areas or or did yeah. they all come separately so throughout the years, a lot of people 
were like, oh, you have to choose one thing. I'm like, I gotta choose one thing? Oh, that's kind of difficult. Um, <laughs> because I've always wanted to be a model, an actress, a trampolinist, an inventor. Like, you know, if you're good at a sport, you do the sport. If you're good at modeling, you do the modeling. Yeah. But like why can't you just be a jack of all trades you know like do all of it get good at many things and not just one thing so like i trained for the circus just because just because <laughs> just because i wanted to i build random things just because like i am that type of person that's so spontaneous i'm like let's go skydiving let's do it right now book it so <laughs> i don't know yeah i've always had that type of mentality where like if you're interested in it do it do it to the fullest don't just like you know make it eh. Like, yeah. do it. You know? <laughs> Be the best at it. <laughs> now, we have a running joke on this show. When uh, I was younger, <laughs> like, me and four other guys were in yeah. one of those invention contests, and we couldn't think of anything. And our end result was basically stapling a hair dryer and gluing a cup to a board and calling it a snow melter. Got it. Uh, yeah. So th there's... So we'll set the mark right there, and then we'll go to you. Uh, you invented the Halo, yes. which is a bunch of uh, rubber bands to aid in the rehabilitation of injured wrists and hands and athletes. I I'm guessing you might have the advantage over me. Can you kind of go through yeah, how no, you No, no, no. You did it perfectly. The Halo is a ring where it has rubber bands. It's a rehabilitation device that aids in the wrist, fingers, hands, joints, Um you can even put your foot in there, like anything that fits in there that'll rotate. Like you can, you can make it happen. So uh, my brother, he is a football player. He's been a football player since he was like five years old, and ah, those are the plaques. Um, and so he broke his hands a lot because he was a lineman, and so like he would do whatever he has to do here with his hands, and um, he would need physical therapy, but he didn't really have time because he was doing school, football, this, that, tutoring. He wasn't the best at school, so he needed, like, just a, a little device at home. So I was like, hmm, <laughs> the rubber band contest is coming up. I need something, so I'm going to build something for my brother. That's actually what I built. A, a lot of my stuff is based on my brother because I'm like, dang, you get a lot of concussions. Let me let me fix that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was um, just a device that I made. And then it won the the rubber band contest. Like, I, I bet it had like forty rubber bands. That's it. You know, like <laughs> it, it didn't really even have to incorporate anything but one rubber band. So, you know, I, yeah, I made it. I think that's what was wrong with my invention. I didn't put any right. rubber bands yeah, on it. Snow melter would have been so much better yeah. with rubber bands. Yeah, I, yeah ironically, that's what he sent me for Christmas this year. That's literally what he <laughs> sent me. At Christmas time, so um, great. it was a great yeah. holiday season. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> um, so, when did you like, uh, like, when did you realize that? Okay, like inventing and the sciences was like your thing. Like, I know we'll get to the MythBusters thing in yeah. a second, but like, when did was it always this way, or like, you, you know, yeah. was it one thing that kind of spurred on this interest in inventing? Yeah. So um, I kind of grew up in that atmosphere. My grandpa, he built houses. My, my dad also built houses as well. Um, and the main person was my, my grandpa. So he made me like, not made me, taught me how to take apart watches, put them back together, like little trinkets. Like he was like, hey, you know what this is? This is the piston. This is this. This is the spring. And I'm like, hmm, that's cool. And so like he would let me play with like uh, the army men and like different things that weren't technically like feminine. 
Right. Um, I, did, I did have my dolls though. They were cute, dressing them up. But um, yeah, the, pr- I, the problem is I, they all had like rehabilitation devices <laughs> on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I kind of just got into it. I was like six doing plumbing for my dad because I was the the smallest person to fit under there. So he was, he's like, Rachel, get in here. I'm like, ah. So <laughs> um, he's like, we got a pipe to clean. Ah! So um, I got all muddy and dirty and gross. And there's like stuff on like poop on me. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> gross. But I had to do it because he had all the rental houses. So um, yeah, we painted them, fixed them up and, you know, we rent them out. And so I guess that's kind of where I got the the love for this from my grandpa and my dad. And then the science fair came around. So um, I did the middle school international science and engineering fair that was called Broadcom Masters. I did that four years in a row. That has basically been done by nobody. So um, there's only a few people in the world who's done it. And I know them. They're really cool. <laughs> but um, I created vertical axis wind turbine technology and how that came about was I was on my way to um, the national championship, the junior Olympics for um, trampoline. That was in, I don't know. I was like eight, nine, 10, some nine, 10. And there were tumbleweeds going down this like two lane street, but there was a median in there. And so the tumbleweeds were just kept going. I was like, huh? Why is there so much wind? Why is there nothing here? Yeah. Getting that win. Why why is there no energy? Because for some reason I just knew all about the ecosystem and energy. I just knew that at nine years old because I don't know, books. Yeah. Internet. <laughs> yeah books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, books, internet. So um I saw the horizontal wind turbines. As I got closer to California, I was like, that's it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Create a vertical axis wind turbine that has all this blade technology, different blade angles, put it on the side of the road, put it on top of the car, um, in between that median where one car's going one way, the other car's going the other, you have nonstop electricity, in between skyscrapers, create a venturi, create there's so many different ways that I incorporated this. Um, the uh jet like propulsion, you know, the what am I trying to say? The jet propulsion from that jet, and then there's like a wind turbine here, a vertical wind turbine, creating that electricity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that yeah. are not harnessed in the world that, you know, elevator shafts. You go up and down that elevator. That wind is going straight down. You can have a vertical axis wind turbine just constantly turning and turning and turning and turning. So but my brain can like, it melt Rick snow? <laughs> can it melt snow? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Advantage Burlu no. here, okay? Yeah, that's strange to me. But yeah, I guess that's kind of what happened. Like I went a little crazy with all the applications, and then I got that patent pended. Um, and then I started working on NFL helmet technology. So that was also oh, wow. my brother. Um, he is now hoping to go to the NFL. He is um, a freshman after four years of college. Like he was redshirted, and then he yeah. had knee surgery, and then he had this. He went to JUCO, so like he's gotten the, the whole experience. So he's a D one athlete, full ride scholarship to Nichols, and this is first year playing college football. But he's technically oh, nice. played for four years. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I created the NFL helmet technology when I was in high school. So the four years of high school, I went to the International Science and Engineering Fair, ISIF. It is the largest engineering fair in the world. Um, and so, you know, like the top prize, prize is like $750,000. It's a big Jeez. deal, you know, just to <laughs> walk across the stage is a huge deal. So um, I created uh, basically a damping system that 
allows the players to not receive that head trauma where the brain sloshes around and it, you know, it extends, it contracts, it uh, rotates in any direction that you need it to rotate. Um, and you won't get that concussion that you usually would with a normal helmet. You won't technically get CTE, but it's not proven on the field yet. It is proven only in um, a testing apparatus. So that huh. is the one thing that I need fixed. But other than that, we are ready to go. I could volunteer Mike as a test subject if... Uh, Perfect. Yeah. God, you would send me out there without the helmet. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> There's got to be... Oh, a- Dang it, he's up. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, There's got to be a control group, Mike. There's got to be right. a control group, right. you know? We need you as a control group, Mike. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just insane, this conversation. And you're 19 yeah, right now? Yeah, I'm 19 in January. Wow, that is... Incredible the amount of knowledge you have done in such limited time on this planet. So, as you're getting all this, as you're inventing, as you're doing science stuff, you're doing great in school. How does it go to, hey, there's a show called Mythbusters we'd like you to join? How did yeah. that story go? Yeah. So, I was a nerd. We love that. And I started doing YouTube, really cringy YouTube, but it was like all of my, you know, routing, table saw, drilling, whatever it may be. Like it was skills that people normally don't do at age nine, specifically a female. So um, Mythbusters, it was the last, this is a good story. It was the last day to cast for Mythbusters Jr. My dad didn't pick up the phone the whole summer. um, And once they got a hold of him, they were like, hold up, do not. Do not hang up this phone because we have an offer for you. So literally that day I did the auditions. They chose me and like I was on the plane to L.A. the next day. Like It was bam. You know, they wanted a female in STEM and they wanted someone who could spout their ideas to other people and, you know, communicate very easily. So, hey, and they (laughs) chose me because of all of the skills that I've acquired. And, you know, they just thought it would be a, a cool group of kids. So yeah, I was on my way to San Rafael, California, literally the next day. What are those yeah. guys like? But uh, like, is, is what oh, we God. see what we is what we yeah. see what we get, or is it? Or are they yeah, just totally so, different behind um, the camera? No, I wouldn't say they're totally different behind the camera. Especially nope. Adam. Adam is literally a big kid. Like he will explode stuff and you know drive off a cliff, but he'll do it safely. <laughs> yeah. Ish. But you know, it's like a kid in the candy shop. You give him some some tools, and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Um, and then the cast of MythBusters, they were great. You know, Jesse's into the cars, Valerie's into robotics, and um, they all have their different specialties. And I think I'm the most close with Allie, the little the girl with the short blonde hair. Um, we go to SuperCon every year. She lives in Sioux Falls, um, so I go to her and do the Comic-Cons, and we get to see each other every year. It's great. It's awesome. It's amazing how that show has um, last, like, it, it's different reiterations yeah. of it have come back. And it's funny because, like, I think of, like, the other stuff on Discovery, like, same thing, like, Dirty Job seems to come. Like, right. there's these, like, core shows that go away, and then they people want them back, and they find new ways to kind of bring them back. So it's pretty cool to, cool to see. And when they're doing the season, are are you like pitching stuff? Did they have like a set like what we're going to do or how does that whole collaboration go? Yeah, so they did have an idea of how every episode would go. But if you had a better idea, they would totally roll with it, you know. So um, I think there was one where Adam 
they they were at a loss of like dang what else do we do and so it was this one episode where it was the pencil writing episode it wasn't super popular but it was unique like can you write however many miles with one pencil so we created a jig and put a pencil in there and an endless roll of paper easy peasy um so i don't really i can't even remember what happened in that one but that that's an example of one that just roll with it i think it's a cool thing let's see what happens also um the spider web is is uh spider web silk stronger than steel or something yeah. it was that one that was also like ah let's do this one too so yeah if you had an idea they would totally consider it and you know any any ideas that you had that would make the myth funnier or different or unique or like yeah that's not gonna work they would totally be like ah we see your point let's fix it so they were they were collaborative mm. funny thing is as you brought up the uh, uh the spiders mm -hmm. a weird kind of inception if you will for this episode we interview you you have the episode on spider silk we interview the doctor um randy lewis who who spliced together a goat with spider so spider silk could come out of the goat's milk what oh i blow her mind scott i know something more than rachel I, that sounds good actually mike I, I, maybe you should elaborate on the actual scientific process of this and, and inform um, us well on... when a spider looks a goat um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it was it was probably a good fifty episodes ago. But that was really interesting yes. how they, had, they they found as you said had had the uh, advantage of spider silk how strong it was. Uh. They tried to see how they can produce more, so they kind of spliced the DNA of spiders with the goat, yeah. and when they milk it, the spider silk would come out of the milk. So that's insane. You're like modifying a goat at that point. That's like. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it, but I'll take credit yeah. if you want to give it. It's in that next Spider Verse, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a Sony one yeah, that yeah. nobody watches. But. So let me ask you: How did you transition into modeling and, and runway modeling and, and all yeah. that? When did that come about? Oh gosh, um, I think I was scouted in the mall. I was like, it's like that that normal story. I was right. scouted. In the yeah. Mall. So <laughs> I was I was probably about five ish four or five and i was really tall i was like always a tall lanky person so people ask me do you model that's like not a uncommon thing for me but um i was about five years old in the mall and then this creepy man came up to me he's like <laughs> hello darling have you ever considered modeling he was actually the coolest man ever but um have you ever considered modeling i was like oh creepy man um <laughs> and then it wasn't you know, mike said, was it it wasn't mike Oh, definitely no, not Mike. No, okay. It might have been Mike. <laughs> Shoot. It might have been Mike. I don't know. But I'll take the cap off. Maybe you'll recognize me. <laughs> he, he came up to me. He was a really cool dude after I didn't think it was creepy. He came up to me and then he was like, hey, we're going to do a Harley Davidson shoot. I was like, <gasps> what? So I was the little five-year-old girl in like the leather jacket on the motorcycle, whereas there's these beautiful women in like the Harley Davidson bikinis. We were doing the, the, the calendar for Harley Davidson. So that was like my first job. I was like five. Um, and then I started pageants. So I've done over uh, 400 beauty pageants. I wow. have over 100 pageant titles. That's why I need a trophy room. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and what would win is always my interview for pageants because they're like, oh, my gosh, this girl does science and this and this and this. And they just love listening to my inventions. So, like, that's what would win them over. And 
I think that was definitely an advantage. Also, my talent, I was a gymnast, so I would just like flip right in front of them and like do a dive roll and like superhero pose. Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess it just like spiraled from there. I was always tall and then I started doing runway and I took that to my advantage. And then um, I started doing a little, a little company work, a little photo shoot here and there. And then I got magazines. So I got like eight or nine magazines in one month and like the cover of them and inside pages. So like everything started going really, really good. And then guests reached out to me and they're like, hey, we want you to model for, for us in Switzerland. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I did my I went to uh, L.A. the next day that that Paul Marciano reached out to me. Actually, Brian Adams was the person who referred me. Do you know who Brian Brian Adams is? The rock star? Like from oh. Canada? Yeah. 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 Wow. Brian Adams, the rocker. Anyways, Brian Adams was like, oh, my God, this girl's great. And so he referred me to Paul Marciano. And then Paul Marciano is the CEO of Guess. And he's like, hey, ship you off to L.A., do a test shoot, and book you to Switzerland for that line opening show. So everything's going really, really good in the modeling industry. And I guess how I got into it was just that that man. Yeah. So you kind of segued into a question I wanted to ask you. And I'm going to try to phrase this the best way I can. So a lot of times we see or people see models on Instagram and and, and, yeah. and whatever, social media, TV, yeah. whatever. And, and they get lumped in with kind of you're just a pretty face and a body. Right. And, right. Um, you know, very rarely you get the stereotype, that, you know, these people, that, that's it. They're just they're just their looks and whatnot. Right. Did you like did you find like did you have experiences where like oh you're a mom and like people have and when yeah. they hear your background it's kind of like this huge juxtaposition like oh my god like do you ever see that and like how you're being treated and then yeah. you kind of kind of like okay well let me tell you something like i yeah. do you know yeah there was there was one runway show um it was here in new orleans and the ladies like backstage they treated their models like crap yeah. like absolute dog yeah. crap and i'm like do you understand that I have this social media following and if you keep like cursing at me and telling me that I am just another pretty face and like I'm too big for your clothes when you have a size large right there, like it was just stupid how they treated the models and like, oh my God, you're actually eating. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm eating. Oh, yes, I am eating. Yeah. So yeah, they would like trash talk their models and it wasn't even a big show. It's the people who are not here that are so jealous of the girls who are here and want them to be below them. And so I was like, ma'am, do you understand that I can just walk out of here? I'm not getting paid for this. I can just walk out of here. Um, but there were also other times where, yeah, like people would come up to me and they're like, ah, you're a model. That's about it. And I was like, got it. Yeah. yeah. You want to you wanna follow my Instagram and like look at my YouTube, my, my like website and see what I do. Uh, but no, a lot of people, if you tell them you're a model, they will not take you seriously. So that's why I say I'm either an influencer, actress, or just look at my Instagram, Beauty and Brains with a Twist. It tells you, you all of it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, still being young at your age and getting this popularity, having over 2 million followers on yeah. TikTok, do you still go into it kind of like a young adult like hey this is fun i'm going to do stuff yeah. do you go into it as a business how do you take a day yeah. when you're like i'm gonna put something on tiktok or instagram so um i think i think all of it is kind of just like memories for me and people like to see it people like to see my life so you know i did like a try on haul today and that's not for views i needed to try on the clothes and so i did so i just made a video out of it i was gonna try them on anyway 
Um, so I, I think the videos is really, they're really what keeps me going. Like to get mm. up, do your hair, do your makeup. And like, if I didn't have them, I would be an online college student. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be any, doing anything with my life except for probably working out and training. And the videos create a little bit of, a little bit of spice in my life. Um, so I definitely would say there's that business aspect, but you know, like everything that you do that could totally get you into that acting role. Like you are, um, your own, what's it called? What am I trying to say? Like you are creating reviews or like, um, your own ads, even if it's not an ad, it is an ad. You talking to the camera can be used as a hosting gig, you know what I mean? So everything goes hand in hand and, you know, learning lines to say this video, this 15 second video is totally gonna help me in my acting career or whatever it may be. This person may see this ad, that's not an ad, I'm not getting paid for it, for, um, I don't know, a toothbrush company and they're like, ah, I need her and then book you for a, a, a international commercial. So there's so many opportunities to the online aspect that people don't see. They're like, ah, you're just making videos. No, 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 no. This big brand sees you. You're on the list. You're doing this. You're doing this. You're doing this. But I would say I do it for fun. I like doing it. I like getting the clothes. I like doing the makeup. Like, I just like doing it. I'm a camera person. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. what is your, like, um, as you're moving forward, I mean, I assume you're, you're going to still focus on all these, you know, different aspects yeah. in your life. But uh, what is the how, – how hard is that to balance, like, as far as your life? Like, when one thing might be taken off and yeah. something could easily take a back seat, like, okay, well, i got to go this for a couple months or whatever. Yeah. How do you try to, to, you know, to play that acrobat, to balance all yeah. these different things? So the one part of my life that's been like in the lower part of everything is gymnastics. Like I still, of course, do the flipping Fridays and I train gymnastics every day. But training five hours a day when you have this paid sponsorship due that night, what are you going to which one are you going to do? Right. That paid sponsorship. So there's like so many ways that I need to just find the time to incorporate this, even if it's training on my own or like just practicing little skills on the ground. Like I'm a trampolinist. There's not much you can do. <laughs> There's not much you can do. It's not like being a tumbler where you can just practice the skills in the grass. No, I'm flipping four flips in the air, not even landing. You know what I mean? Four flips. And then it's like, what do I do there? So, um, I would definitely say, like, as I'm traveling, I find places along the way, and I'm like, hey, can I just get, like, a three-hour little session real quick? I don't need I don't need a trainer. I don't need a mat. Just let me do it. Thank you. Um, and a lot of people are like, no, you need to pay for this. I'm like, just one day. Just just, just one day. I just need one day because I'm leaving the next day. Um, and so I think modeling is pretty lenient. I do um, aeronautical engineering online, and then, you know, I got a full ride to um, – what school am I at? LSU. <laughs> LSU. So, you know, I think the online college really makes everything right. flexible. If I was in college right now, I'd be doing labs. I'd be going to like a schedule every single day. And I'm like, ooh, how do I fit in gymnastics? How do I fit in this? How do I fit in modeling? Yeah. So like I can do my homework on the plane, which is the best for me. Is the goal still aeronautic engineer working for yeah. NASA or yeah. is any of the other stuff so, clouded any of the judgment into not really i feel like okay like the beauty is here you know so take the modeling as far as you can right now 
And if you can make a brand for yourself right now in the modeling industry, then the acting also goes with it. Modeling and acting also go a long way. But if you have that knowledge throughout the whole rest of your life, yeah, quit the modeling and acting as long as you made a career of yourself and then work for NASA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the knowledge never really goes away. Your PhD doesn't go away. You can just apply for the job and hopefully get it. So I I think, um, you know, getting my degree now, even if I don't use it for two, three, four, five, ten years, I think it's going to be worth it in the end. Just having that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you build the rocket that goes to Mars, can you do us a favor? Like, we try to advertise the show. Can you, Got like, find, paint, yeah, like, yeah. a clover up there? And, <laughs> you know, so that Got way, whenever it's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. What the heck is verbal shenanigans? A flag. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, trade <laughs> out the US, U.S. flag, flag. with our emblem. Right, right. Yeah. Switch it out. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, um, it, it's so glad to talk to the person i can tell you just love life you just love doing things you you take advantage you get smarter and smarter every day and it's an amazing thing to see we thank you so much for time on our show if people want to find out about the eight hundred thousand things that you got juggling (laughs) on right now what are the best places to find you yeah so my instagram is beauty and brains with a twist I've been starting to post on YouTube. So that is Rachel Pizzolatto and then Twitter, BrainTwist2112. I have 2.2 million on TikTok, so go check that out at Rachel underscore Pizzolatto. And then let's see. Website is beautyandbrainswithatwist.com. Are the, are the cringy YouTube videos still up or, or we don't get yes. to see them? Okay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> don't so, delete them. It's always fun to look back. Okay. <laughs> 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 Final question, how bionic are your ankles? Because I've seen you do some of these twists, and I I don't know how you haven't been in a cast yet. Trust me, trust me. I I can't even wear normal shoes anymore. My arch is so high on my foot, like wearing a flat shoe, it don't work, so I have to wear a heel. Like, that's dumb, but my ankles, (laughs) I swear, it just, it goes whoop and back, whoop and back. I don't know. Sounds like it needs some rubber bands. I agree. It's so bad. (laughs) Rachel, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. Oh, see, we both said thank you at the same time. That's how how in sync we are. Well, you're both welcome. (laughs) Go ahead, Mike. Take us out. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to your new projects, everything you do. Like I said, we're going to be – I feel we're going to be going to, like, Jupiter or something with you. We ain't stopping at Mars. Yeah. Let's do it. Thank you so much for your time and thank you, Rachel. Talking to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. And Rachel. All right, Mike. Um, How do you feel your your invention skills or your ingenuity line up with Rachel's? I I figured out the problem, Scott. Like as she was describing the the turbines, that was the thing. I should have been using turbines to melt the snow ah, the hair dryer of course like, like in essence that's like a portable turbine but i should have had like a set turbine uh under the cup with that you place the snow in i think so. there's a different angle here you will be on the next rendition of mythbusters where the juniors take over and they bring on the geriatric Mythbusters, like <laughs> it'd be great. They have a show of Mythbusters with people who have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> how do we prove this 
that could be busted. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I bring my hair dryer. No, you say that every week. That's actually I'm turning the hair dryer. That's actually another million dollar verbal shenanigans idea. Just people who literally have no invention skills and they got to try to bust myths and make something and and go through the process of it. But uh, yeah, that's going to be the one that Jamie hosts, not Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Special Mythbusters. Yeah. Uh, all right. So awesome guest. But uh, anything before we go? Yeah, one little thing, Scott. Uh, as we talk about the. Uh, the millions of people who listen to verbal shenanigans i have an important announcement my parents do know about the third dog okay okay that they know about the third dog as i had to uh go to my dad's uh earlier this week to help him out with something let's also backtrack for one second uh mike got a third dog like th- i don't know a couple episodes ago and he was a little concerned about telling his dad about the dog as if it was like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. He had like a, he adopted somebody or, he, you know, he had a mail, mail order bride or something. He was hiding it. So he was a little, he had a little tension thinking about uh, showing this to, to the yeah. parents. Yeah, I was holding on for like, because like I said, there was like a trial period to make sure it works with the dogs. But I'm like, all right, how do yeah. I mean, this is crazy. How do I break it to my parents? So yeah. as I w- went to assist my dad, he just randomly said, uh, you know, by the way, um, you have three dogs now. I, I actually <laughs> listened to your podcast. And I heard you do- bring it up. And That's like, great. Uh, all right. Confession. Yep. Yep. You know what? I'm just happy we got a download. That, that- <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you're like, further, the numbers are out of this world. I'm like, that's my pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! To this baby boy talking about the shenanigans. That's so great. He found out through the podcast. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. As I'm telling him, yeah, the trial and everything. I'm texting Izzy. I'm like, all right, now you can tell the parents they found out. <laughs> and then she immediately <laughs> sent them like 80 pictures of Vader. Well, well, you know, like when he when he finds out you uh, co-host with someone who brought people to Epstein Island. This is a very minor thing in your life, so. <laughs> It'd be great. It's like, I don't care about your co-host. We got to talk about this third dog. What the hell are you doing? Or it'd be great if someone's just scrubbing through the episode and not really listening, and then they get to a part where it's like, yeah, I used to show four kids to Epstein Island. Like, they shut it off. What? Like, they didn't know it was a bit. <laughs> no, you, that that That's our new game show where not only do you, do you have to listen to random episodes of our show, we're going to bring you at a random point, yeah. and then you're going to listen for like two minutes, and you're going to have to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah, it's like when we tried to get Rochelle Okoya on the podcast, and she like scrubbed to some bit we were doing about... like, oh. make, yeah. Uh, Scott, that was Aisha Ash. Oh, the, sorry. The ballerina. Yeah. I, I know where you're going there. That's yep. kind of, you know... that. Now I can't forgive you for that because I know why you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, I George Jenkins did. Um, go uh-huh. ahead. <laughs> don't need to explain that one. No, no, no just go ahead. Good, continue. Um, where was I? So, yeah, we, so what we were we we were like in the middle of like some bit like joking oh, yeah, about so, like uh, women's rights or yeah, something so, like that. So we were look going for Aisha Ash, and she's like, "Hey, can." Can I contact you to talk about this? And usually, like, we send out these emails. If you have any questions, let me know. And it's so rare. We're almost like, what? You, you, you have, have a question? question yeah, yeah. 
and I, I called her, and she basically, she she picked an episode like four years ago, where like Scott was in a random bit about uh, there was some like um, priest that was saying like women were sinning if they didn't sleep with men, or yeah, yeah. Effect, and like Scott went on a tangent where he did a bit about it. And that, that I agreed with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's what that's what we deal with here. But all right. So you've come clean with the three dogs. Uh, Mike, I know now that I know how much we forgive each other. Now it's really try, time to push it to see what we can get away with. And, and, you know, wait till I reveal what I do this week. We, we got to go to the edge, man. It's like um, it's like a perverted uh, way of making this show fun. I don't know what to tell you. Well, time to go, guys. Uh, I want to thank Rachel for coming on the show. Great guest. Very fascinating. A lot of things going on over there. Uh, Mike, anything to promote before we roll? I'm going to promote uh, the documentary that's coming out called Living with Chucky. A filmmaker who grew up alongside Chucky the Killer Doll seeks out the other families surrounding the Child's Play films as they recount their experiences working on the ongoing franchise and what it means to be part of the Chucky family. Uh, they It's a whole documentary on the whole series of Chucky, all the movies and TV series. And one of the people that's in this documentary would be Alex Vincent. And why I bring this up is because Alex Vincent was on our show on episode 220 in 2018 called Father Sebastian and Alex Vincent. So <laughs> check out that podcast and check out this documentary, Living with Chucky. That's awesome. I, I'm just going to promote, um, I don't really have much, but I will say, I didn't even talk about it last week, but did the polar bear plunge for the Special Olympics um, two weeks ago. My team, team ended up raising about $8,000 towards Special Olympics. Um, altogether, they raised over $2.2 million. Um, you could still donate um, I mean, obviously, you could donate anytime to Special Olympics, but you could still donate through the page. Um, so go check out Frozen Clovers, uh, Polar Bear Plunge. Um, it just goes to a good cause. Other than that, guys, thanks again to Rachel. Thanks again for you guys for listening, making comments, following, all that stuff. It's what keeps us going. We have so much stuff planned and, and, and things coming up. So excited to keep this train rolling, guys. Life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Second arrow, I don't forgive you, and I never forget. Listening to verbal shenanigans.